jobs in ad tech. Are you looking for a new role in the industry? Head over to jobsinadtech.com today. Employers, use discount code POD1515, that's P-O-D-1515, to enjoy a one-off 10% discount on any subscription package of your choice. Jobsinadtech.com, supporting the ad tech industry because people matter. Welcome to an episode of the Pergamatic Digest podcast. I am your host, Ellen Parker, and I have a gem as a guest on the podcast today. Aisha White, how are you doing today? Hi, everyone. Hi, Ellen. Thanks for having me. I'm doing great. I am so excited because today we're going to talk about multicultural marketing. And I'll pause here because that's the diplomatic term, but we're going to get down and dirty talking about diversity and what it really is when it comes to not only in office diversity, but in your campaigns, how to manage some of this stuff, what to look for. And when I say that you'll be, you'll be so impressed of the conversation we're about to have with Aisha because she brings so much expertise. She brings authenticity, which is not well known in our industry right now. Um, and she's, she's really great. Y'all gonna love her. If you give me a, give me a favor, if you are listening to this, uh, remember to follow our podcast on all major podcasts, um, platform and then leave us a review. Okay. Y'all leave us a review. If you like what you're hearing, go to your Apple store or whichever it is. I think it's only Apple iTunes that does review actually. And let us know how great of the podcast it is. Okay. And so let's get back into Aisha's interview. Aisha. How about you take two or three minutes to talk to us about who you is, where you're from, but also like what you do in the industry, how you landed in programmatic. I'm very curious. Yeah. So, well, thanks again for having me. Um, I am Aisha White and I currently work at Tenuity as an associate director of programmatic. Mm -hmm. um, so I oversee YouTube programmatic and some direct buys as well. Okay. And yeah, uh, I also oversee um, an initiative um, dedicated to uh, multicultural and diverse marketing for the mm -hmm. agency called the Impactful Investment Initiative. Okay. So how I kind of got into programmatic and what my kind of whole deal is. Um, so I got into it on accident. It's the wildest <laughs> story. So I graduated college in 2014 <laughs> and um, I, was, I went to school, I went to BU. And I came back from Boston to Atlanta, which is where I was raised. Okay. And I could not get a job. It was so hard. Um, and I was just applying, applying, applying crazy. And, and eventually, what, what degree did you go for? Excuse me. Oh, yeah. My, my degree is in international relations. So that's okay, okay, okay. a whole bunch. And so um, I had a focus on the Middle East and Africa with a oh, nice. focus, with a, yeah, with an additional focus on um, cultural anthropology and regional politics. So, uh-huh. Oh, wow. So, that's deep. Yeah, that's so deep. really timely Um, and studied a little bit of Arabic. So I was very much like originally, like, I want to be a diplomat. Like, I want to work yes. in the, um, yeah, US, I wanted to work in the U.S. diplomatic service so bad. Um, But there's a lot of reasons I didn't get into, I didn't get into it. And I didn't end up like going through with it. So uh -huh. <laughs> I was like, I need to get a big girl job, you know, uh, student loans are calling. <laughs> so, um. I was trying really, really hard and um, someone was like, my mom was really, uh, sorry, let me back. So I was really lucky that my mom, she runs her own business 
Um, mm-hmm. And she was so lovely. She just kind of mentioned offhand to this one of her clients. She's like, oh, my daughter um, just graduated from BU. Like, mm-hmm. and she was kind of like to talk to me. You know how moms do. Yeah, yeah. Um, my kid is super like, smart. She needs a job. <laughs> basically, my mom's like, I want her out of my house. You know, <laughs> but it's pretty much well, that too. And, um, and so, yeah, um, I got a, like a courtesy, like interview to be an intern. Oh, no. um for an h for an hr for the startup in atlanta okay. um so it was a it was an ad tech startup mm-hmm. um uh so i ended up being an hr and i really loved it i got to work on like employer branding and it was a oh. startup right so i was also doing like marketing like i was messing around with wordpress mm-hmm. trying to learn seo like it was crazy like yeah. they said like you're gonna wear so many hats and people, lord yes i did and then <laughs> about about like five six months and um, I, I had gone from being an intern. They had hired me as full-time as a coordinator in HR. I really loved it. And about five, six months in, um, the president of the company comes over. And he's just, he's kind of, a, he's an interesting gentleman. Um, and he like kind of strolls over me. He's like looking at me. And I'm like, can I, you know, I was like, hi, like, you know, do you need anything? Do you need something? And he's like, <laughs> yeah, I need you to move. And I said, move. And he's like, yeah, I need you to move over to the team that I directly oversee. Um, they work on the on, like on the digital marketing side, because um, that began to happen, right? Okay. So it was, it was client side. And I was like, uh, I don't know anything about that stuff. And he's like, you'll learn it all matter because it's proprietary anyway. No one else is doing it except us. So you might as well just go over there. He's like, because you, re- you can write code, right? And I said, no, I can read HTML. And that's like not the same thing. And he's <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And so I went over there and I really enjoyed it. Um, I got to, that was like where I got my first exposure with like copywriting and like doing campaigns and doing campaign management. And six months later, he comes over to my desk where I'm at this new, like, you know, role, right? He's like, hey, I need you to move over to the programmatic team because they're down like three people. Okay, this is like 2015. Yeah. And I'm like, programmatic. Right, right. I said, I don't know what that is. I said, what is yeah. that? I said, I recruited <laughs> those people when I was in HR. I said, I don't know anything like about it besides, mm-hmm. you know, it's just a word to me. And he said, don't worry. He's like, nobody knows what programmatic is. You'll be fine. Because remember, you know how to write code. And I said, no, I know how to read code. Is not same thing. He's like, close enough. You'll, you'll be fine. So yeah. I went over there. And uh, that was my first job was ad ops. Um, so I did ad ops. I did some like campaign management. So um, shout out to, uh, or I guess RIP in a way, um, <laughs> Turn DSP was one of the first ones <laughs> I ever used. Uh, Trade Desk, Media Math, also RIP. Um, Pocket Math, also RIP. Oh my God. So, yeah. Yeah. Wild. I honestly have never worked on any of those, and I've considered <laughs> myself really well versed on DSPs. Um, but media math and turned and then the pocket, whatever it is that you pocket just math, yeah. <laughs> I, I never work on it. I yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. The only one that I worked on that's still standing is, is trade desk and they're going strong. So yeah, 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 yeah. we're good on to trade desk. Okay. We're not going to claim this for them. We really need yeah, them. <laughs> layer of protection around trade desk. They yeah, they okay. are. They're protected, you know, sanctified <laughs> all the above. We good. We good. Y'all yeah. we good. We're good. <laughs> and so, yeah. And so um, I really fell in love with programmatic. So it, yeah. it was really busy. Um, I was like, I was creating pixels. I was attaching pixels to like creative doing all this matchback process. And we had right. our own proprietary uh, closed yeah. loop measurement. But I really, really loved it. Um, and yeah. And then I've been in programmatic ever since. So I've worked uh, ad tech side twice for two um, Atlanta-based startups. 
um, one of which has since gone public. And then I worked really briefly at uh, Group M uh, for Zaxxis. Um, and then I was in-house at Sony Pictures Entertainment for three years where I in-house the programmatic YouTube functions. And okay. then um, now I'm at Tenuity. So yeah, it's, I, okay. I feel like I've, I've tried a little bit of everything except, this, except being on supply side. Yeah. And or working for a brand, right? Did you work for the brand? Yeah, I work for Sony Pictures. I'll, oh, I'll Sony, Sony. Yes, 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 yes. That, that is considered a brand. I'm sorry. When I hear Sony, I see them as tech, which is sure, crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is a brand. Same thing yeah, with Microsoft. Yeah. I see it as a tech, but it is a brand, actually. House <laughs> Market and all the Spider-Man movies. Oh, my know. God. Yeah, all of that. Yeah. That is so awesome. The reason why I like to ask this question is because... Most of us accidentally landed into this field. So if you are listening to this podcast and you're like, okay, what's the point? It's the whole point is like 99.9999% of y'all have been accidental, like Aisha, like myself. Um, and the other one person, you're lucky enough to know somebody to refer you. Like it's it's either or. Um, I don't know if there's any percentage where you accidentally googled it and then you were like yeah let me go ahead and apply <laughs> and it got hired i don't know i don't know if there's a percentage there i've met one person in my entire career who said yeah it was they have a really cool story um this person incidentally now works at trade desk but um they were telling me that when they were in university um the founder of mighty hive i believe went to their oh, university yeah. to, like speak oh. and they were so impressed with i think his name is pete cam if i remember correctly like like he spoke and they were like wow that is so cool and they like proceeded to be like i'm gonna work in programmatic after i graduate oh, and nice. that was it and they got a job at i believe they got into getting a job at, like merkel or something so uh, it's like it's funny like that's the only but that's the only so he's a 0.00001 person <laughs> yeah every, i still don't think that's a else. good stat but <laughs> everything else is like you said it's a referral or it's like you know, they were working in some other job and they got, and then got pushed out. over. Yeah. My yeah, story and is that, and the listeners know, so bear with me if you already heard it, but my story is basically like I applied to be a media buyer because I had came from the print side, even though I was the digital marketing analyst. And um, yeah, the people, the agency called me back and say, yo, you're not qualified. And I was like, okay, thank you. And then he was like, but if you are interested, we're starting this whole department. You'll be our very first trader. We don't know what we're doing, but we're making an investment. If you go with it, we, we down. If you down, we down. And I was like, yes, I was very motivated by something called student loans as well. And um, I had just moved into this really cute apartment. I'm pretty sure I didn't. I never had a roommate. The only roommate I had was was my mom. Me and I moved together. Her and I moved together. Um, way back when but like that's that's my motivation of <laughs> saying yes and I never look back never look back uh, yeah. which leads into which is a good segue into today's conversation because I'll, and I'll tell you why because the the person who hired me was uh, his name is Gabriel Cohen he works at Magnite shout out to Gabriel if you if you need somebody a contact at Magnite or SpotX reach out to him Gabriel Cohen um, but he was he was my manager and um, he hired me uh, but everybody at that agency were didn't look or sound like me. And I think it's a very important conversation to have. And that's the type of conversation we're going to have right now. But like, I was very thankful to have somebody like Gabriel, who was way younger than the average C CMO, because he was like the leading media person at that time. 
Um, and he was very, very cool down with the the culture, like we say. He was very open-minded. He was very um, he was just very uh open to things and to understanding, and he gave respect and honor when respect and honor was needed. And so I, and and so I was really blessed to work with that. Um, and so the team was mainly women. And like I said, it was a handful of us that looked like us. It was a total of five of us at that time, but anyway, but I really wanted to talk to you because it's not only about our team dynamic, but as expert in the field, it is how we represent our culture. It's how we represent who we are. And, you know, I, I identify as a black person, but I'm, I'm also born and raised um, in Africa, Senegal, West Africa. Um, my grandma is Lebanese, uh, was Lebanese, excuse me, she passed away. Um, and um, my origins are Cape Verdean, which is a Portuguese island. So like I, I speak at least one to two other language outside of, of English. And so there's multiple things, like there's first generational immigrants, there's second generation, all of the above, right? And I remember reading, what was it? Do you remember? I was reading an article. And you posted something. You called me out. You called me out. Do you remember which one it was? I believe it was, um, gosh, I have a limited brain fart, but I do know what it was. It, I believe what we were, we were both talk. we were both reading an article that Terry Guyton Bradley had mm-hmm. posted on LinkedIn. Okay. And like, I had like commented. Yep. Um, I'm trying to think what the article was. I bet if I go back and look, I can find I'm pretty it, but... sure. Okay, I remember. I know now because I had just read uh, an article from Beeler Tech about contextual targeting um, and how, you know, how brand safety in some of the brand safety or whitelist or block list for some DSPs or anything, words like queer, uh, black people or, um, you know, like, keywords that are used as an identity to describe somebody were part of the block list. And I remember leaving a comment such as, and I'm sure we can, I'm going to try to put it in the show notes so y'all can go back to the article and the, the LinkedIn post. But like, it was something such as like, yo, how do I even know? Like, I don't remember, you know, I don't remember even trying to look and you called me out about something. And I was like, I need to talk to this girl. Cause like, <laughs> <laughs> But not like, calling out, calling in, we're calling <laughs> in, you know, when we, when we have I to, you know, it. provide, mm-hmm. um, like, when we're, when we're looking to provide, like, education, like, we want to make sure, like, because folks generally, I think, vast majority of folks have good intentions. You can always tell when folks do, That's true. when, when That's folks true. don't. Yeah. And you all, and I, like, I could tell you, I was like, oh, she has good intentions. I was like, well, let's, like, just, you know. Mm-hmm. let you know let's let's level here like I think we can meet in the middle here and like I can talk a little bit more about how I felt and you were like oh yeah like that's totally like what I'm you know we're on the same page because y- y'all know like you know comments on the internet are hard like it is so hard to read intent so I try really hard to like mm-hmm. keep my brain like yeah you know it's not necessarily um you know like don't necessarily have to jump on somebody just because you know they yeah. their their sense kind of it seems a little yeah. out of pocket. But I appreciate not. that. I appreciate yeah. that. I think we should start calling some people out, some folks out in the streets. Like no, like I've <laughs> yeah. seen some stuff on LinkedIn. And I'm like, Jesus, take the will. Let me just log off real quick because like, yeah, I gotta yep. step out of the way because I still got bills to pay and I can't. Yep, absolutely but agree. It's just like we gotta call people out, and and I appreciate you calling me in because I remember telling you like I have never. 
um, looked at a block list or an exclusion list, excuse me, uh, from a DSP, you know, and, and just so I can, I can, I can paint the picture here for my, the listeners or YouTube watchers is that, uh, viewers, excuse me. So when you're logging into your DSP, no matter the DSP, they always have something called universal block list or universal exclusion list, which is simply that list where the DSP sense or saw that there was some shady stuff happening. It's not brand safe. It's not, you know, it's brand integrity. It's, I mean, not brand integrity. It's not brand suitable. And so they just add those websites onto it, the list of site or apps, or they add keywords, right? And yes. so, and so that's where the article was talking about. Well, that's how the art, that's the whole point of the article, I, I believe. And that's what Terry yeah. was sharing is that by, by doing that, we're not only, obviously there's so many bad, Aisha will, will get on that in a second, but like by doing that, what Terry was trying to convey is that you're limiting, you're excluding half of like the smaller publishers or minority owned publishers because you're already excluding that main keyword. And so Aisha, just, just tell the people like, like first explain exactly what it is. Give us the how, the what, how, and why of this situation mainly. Sure. So we know, right, that Mm -hmm. there are a bunch of stats and I'm happy to share them and and Ellen can put them in like the comments and and, um, and everything. But we know that Mm -hmm. out of the billions and billions and billions, we're talking hundreds of billions of dollars, the ad industry just in the United States is worth that less than like about like 7% goes to multicultural marketing period mm-hmm. like it, it the, the 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 crazy part about it is that up to 40 percent of the u.s population is considered multicultural or diverse however you want to you know interpret that and so there's a very big like shift here that marketers are just marketing in mass for general marketing mm-hmm. and saying well we're including everybody but how that's often being accomplished right is through conglomerates so mm-hmm. We care a lot of things like agency X or brand X is a really big spender with, I'm making this up, mm-hmm. Disney. Well, Disney owns ESPN Deportes, right? Mm-hmm. And so they're like, well, I reach the Hispanic community because, or the Latina community, because I'm on Disney, I'm on ESPN you know, uh, Deportes. Yeah, I'm, I'm spending like, in those markets, but. Right. And it's like, you know, but like, how much are you actually expending? One, how much are you actually spending with ESPN Deportes in this particular scenario? Mm-hmm. Is that a fixture of all of your campaigns, or are you just kind of doing it during Hispanic Heritage Month? Mm-hmm. Right. So that's the first thing is that we know that there is an imbalance here between mm-hmm. the population that exists and that's being marketed to and the dollars that are spent with diverse owned and targeted media. media yeah. So, we know that's the first thing. And so there was this really interesting article. There was a couple of series of articles actually around how a lot of, um, in particular, black owned publishers mm-hmm. were saying that they don't really want anything to do with programmatic. There was like a, it was a really interesting article, I believe on Alex Jr. Like a, like a few months back. And they were saying, you know, we're not really interested in programmatic. Like we prefer to do direct deals. And it kind of oh, like yeah. raised black up enterprise. a question. It was yeah. an article by Black Enterprise, I remember, and um, Black Enterprises and um, uh, Blevity. Yeah, and they were saying, mm, you know, we prefer to do direct deals, and I can understand that. You know, they were like, they prefer, like, 
um, just to do like old, like the more old fashioned traditional buying type direct deals. And so a lot of like, you know, programmatic marketers of, uh, of diverse backgrounds, like myself, I consider myself a black woman, were mm-hmm. like, you know, that that's leaving money on the table because a lot of direct is moving towards programmatic. Not all of it, of course. Some that I mean, direct it makes, sense. It makes sense, yeah. But it's, a, but it's another way to monetize that inventory. And so I think that, you know, that's being, you know, in a one way, there's a, you know, there's a, one issue here is that, you know, these providers don't necessarily, and they have the right not to, but they are, do not publish or do not necessarily want to um, make their inventory programmatically available. And so then there was a second follow-up article where it was talking about how some Black-owned publishers do like programmatic guaranteed specifically. Mm. Um, and they're... And something that kind of started being talked about in the comments was, well, you know, this stuff doesn't scale. We don't have scale. Um, they, this was like eight people at agencies and brands saying, oh, well, we can't scale with these sorts of partners. And it kind of irked me to read this, you know, folks like commenting saying, oh, like, and even the article said, like, oh, like, you know, we just have scale problems. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, a lot of folks don't realize that and a lot of agencies should do a lot of better job of checking that their block list don't include words that relate to somebody's identity. Boom. I so, and there's a lot of issues with that. Like you can't sit there and say, well, we're not able to scale based on, on this PMP or this PG deal or whatever, or this allow list when you're literally putting somebody's, you know, identity on the same block list that you're going to put, you know, really horrific you know, incidents and other like really horrible things. Like the word porn probably belongs in the block list. Valid. Does the word gay belong in a black block list? Does the word black belong in a block list? No, that is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But you would be surprised at how many agencies put them in years ago. They never checked back. Yeah. And I reached out to you because I was like, oh shit, maybe I'm part of the problem because it's about, and I always say this, like it's about trusting, but verifying because that's like the ultimate thing. Even as in a team, like your teammate is going to ask you, can you verify this? Can you QA this for a reason? Because they trust that they did the right thing or set up the campaign the right way. And right. but they need somebody else to make sure they actually did. It doesn't mean that they're not confident or they didn't do anything. It's just like trusting, but verifying for that reason. And I never, right. ever, ever checked a universal block list. And if yep. you're like me, holla at me. We, we in the same, we, we, we're together on this because, because it shouldn't be. And, and now, now I'm like, it may not be a problem today. Or it wasn't a problem, maybe, maybe it was a problem a few years ago, but like it wasn't it wasn't visible, right? Right. In the media at least at least. But like now we know better and we should do better. And we should check those damn block lists, white lists, exclusion lists, inclusion lists, all of the above. You gotta check them. You gotta check them. You have to check them. You, you, you know better check. now. If you listen to this podcast, you know better. Go check. Now if they Go do check. check and things happen, what do you suggest they do? So, for example, let's say that an incident breaks out and you're like, and your knee-jerk reaction is, oh, no, like, I want to put, you know, this person, that this identity out because, you know, it's blowing up. Um, one thing I've seen in Blockbuster before, for example, is like Asian because there was a whole, right, in 2020, 2020 stop Asian oh, hate. So people just putting the word Asian in the block list. But it's what? like, let's, let's 
there are other ways to achieve that. You should be reaching out to your ad verification partners and saying, I don't want to be on news that is talking about this particular issue. But at the, at the same time, if you're putting the word Asian on your block list, and then you're like, I'm trying to spend more with like the Asian community. And like, I'm trying to reach that community, but that on your block list, that's a merry-go-round of not being able to spend on those properties. Or if someone's talking about their identity and it, it, it's just, it's, it's just very hypocritical to do that. There are other ways to accomplish it. Choose not to include news. That's the easiest thing. Just exclude news in the content. You don't need to put the word Asian in this case on your block list. That is completely unnecessary because next thing you know, someone's going to run for, you know, I don't know, let's yeah. say that you, your, your, you know, your, your agency is talking, your brand is talking, you are like, oh my God, like, I really want to, um, you know, run a campaign that features BTS in the creative. And, you know, we think it's a natural alignment to spend on properties that over index for Asian audiences, right? And so you get your list of properties, but you've got the word Asian in the block list is probably not going to scale because you thought you were doing something good by making sure that you're not on anything related to stop Asian hate, which you have maybe a good intentions, but you've just totally kneecapped your ability oh. to spend with these groups. And we see it time and time again. It, it was Pride Month a few months ago. Mm. Folks have the word, have LGBTQ, gay, lesbian, transgender in the block list. Weird. But then they're like, okay, we have to spend with these. Yeah. We have to spend with these communities. We stand with these communities. Are you really standing with these communities if you're putting these sorts of identities on one's mm. block list? Like you're telling, you're putting that, you're putting words like that on the same list of things you're saying, like, fuck, shit, porn. (laughs) Like, that's crazy. Like, no one's identity is brand unsafe. That is ridiculous. That is a ridiculous statement to be like, I'm like the the logic of, yes, we're going to put that next to all these horrible actual words that we don't want brands aligned with is crazy and if you look at some of uh, most of people's brands are working for at agencies and if you're in-house mm-hmm. you probably have a d e and i value statement on your website oh yeah right? for you sure have these commitments yeah and that, you know you believe everybody's yeah. voice should be heard and be included you're not being inclusive if that stuff's on your block list full stop and so I encourage people to go back to their agency if you find this stuff on your block list you should be let you should be talking to your agency leadership you should be talking to your brand managers and saying hey i noticed the word whatever mm-hmm. is on someone's block list can we have a discussion about like why we think that is, is is you know do we need to have a discussion in my opinion it would be a lot better if you know if we're worried about um being on news that may paint these people negatively or have some sort of backlash I would rather us work on a solution with our ad verification partners or block news mm-hmm. or block negative sentiment instead. Got it. That is so, that's so ridiculous. And my camera just flipped. But anyway, <laughs> this, this is okay. We're going to keep, you know, we, we got this. <laughs> but um, that is so ridiculous. So tell me. I have so many questions. So in recap, in summary, if this is happening to you and to your agency, you, you the easiest way to do it is to like, you have the ability to pull the universal list that we're referring to. If you don't have to, if you can't see it clearly, reach out to me. Most likely you just don't know where to click exactly. And sometimes it could be hidden. But like, if you really cannot find it, like I strongly recommend that you reach out to your DSP team, like let them know, like, I want to see what's on universal block list. What does that mean? 
what's what's universal how did you come up with this and how how often do you do you you know do you um update but also it, that's why it's so important to have multicultural team members because Aisha was one of the only one when you came across that, right? So, and she yeah. was like, why is black people being excluded here? You know, for, for what reason? And so yeah. it's important. It's really important to, to have, that's why diversity is so important. And, and we felt, we feel comfortable talking about the black community, black people and such, but there's the Asian community, Pacific Asian, they are Southeast, East Asian, there is African, there are Southern Americans, there are Latinos, Latinas, Latinx, Latinx, Hispanic, all of the above. Like there are multiple, there, there is, there's more, there's more out there. Okay. That's why it's so important. And if you're one of the only one, I understand that sometimes it's tiring to cons- cons- consistently code switch, but you have a power within you to stand up for your community and to stand up for those, because like everything has, um, it's almost like a ripple effect, right? It's just you. You think you're the only, oh, it's just me. Like somebody else can do it. But no, like within the brand that you represent, right? Within the, the inventory that you're targeting, those small uh, publishers or not even small, because not not all minority owned equals small media owned. That's right. not correct. That's not a good statement here. So like you have to help those um you know, you have to, you have to speak up a little bit, you know, and if they're not doing anything about it, then they should not have that statement on the website. And let me tell you why, because like in 2020, 2021, even 2022, a lot of these big big companies were really proud and said things and said, we're going to do this and that. I am a small business owner, a black owned business owner, and I've had company pledge and I've still haven't seen anything. Yep. And that's a a huge issue. And there's a lot of those companies that, that talk the talk, but don't walk the walk and all the, and and the, and the deal is pretty simple. Let me tell you what I train historically equity people, how to start and grow in a a career in programmatic advertising. That's it. Um, The pledge is, are you able to hire these people? Are you able to give them internship? Yes or no? Boom. Here you go. If you are complaining that you're not able to hire diverse or like it's complicated or whatnot, like I am here to help. And I trained the basic and I trained those fundamentals. Right. And so there are companies that are really excited about partnership, but there is not like it's still not doing anything. I'm not going to chase you. okay? the people that I'm training are getting hired. Great for that company right? Great for that company. And so, and if you're listening to this is like, and you're, and you're a white guy, let's say like, you can be an ally. This is a conversation you need to listen. And if you feel uncomfortable, great. I always say that there's growth in, in, in being uncomfort, un- um, discomfort. So good for you, be uncomfortable. And then be that ally that we need because you're going to be in a room where you feel real comfortable. Everybody looks like you. You need to be the one saying like, do y'all, do y'all see how we all look like right now? We're all black, uh, white guys over here. Like, why is this? How can we make this change? Because we need to have those diversity conversation, whether you want it or not. Right. Right. Um, for many reasons. Like not only for what we see in ads, right? But like, how do we do it in the back end? And what Aisha is saying is like, 
there's a front end and then there's the back end, which is us, the, the traders, the ad ops people, the AM, like it's up to us to, to, you know, to make a move, to make that conversation go. If we don't like consider the fact that like, right, like diversity pays dividends. That is a, that is a business fact. It's not like there's been countless studies on it, but one thing that folks should be remembering if you're like, I don't see the point, like, why do I need to spend with diverse owned media? Like, why is that important? I want you to consider from a business perspective mm-hmm. that Gen Z is the most diverse group ever. And after them, Gen Alpha, even more diverse. Wait, 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 Over, wait. Like, What's my daughter's generation? Alpha? <laughs> alpha. Yeah. They're going to be Gen Alpha. Why they're Alpha? I have no idea. Um, that's what it's called. And so these two next two generations. Gen Z in particular is slated, I believe, to have $360 billion of disposable income within the U.S. over the next three years. They are going to eclipse millennials soon in terms of like purchasing power. It's going to happen within the next five. That is what, because they're older than we think. People are, you know, make jokes. Yeah, those are the college students. They're graduating. Yeah, they're in college. Right now. Yes, they're going thing. to college. Why people think millennials were, you know, in high school and it's like, no, no, no. Like the average millennial like is in their late thirties now. Like Gen Z is entering the workforce, making money. They're the most educated. But one thing that's important is that they're also like they said they're the most diverse, but they're also three times more likely than other generations to want to spend money with brands and companies that are aligned to their values. There's been studies done on this. And so it makes sense to put your money where your mouth is and to spend with diverse and multicultural owned properties because Gen Z is going to look at that and say, this is very authentic. They don't just do this during Pride Month. They don't just do this during Black History Month. They don't just do this during Spanish Heritage Month. This is an always on opportunity. I feel seen. I feel valued. If, if nothing else that you take away from that, it is a prime business opportunity and you should be getting ready because mm-hmm. it is coming. You can help future-proof your business and and growth. You can help your clients move towards getting ready to market to this new generation that is different than the generations that preceded it. And what's important to them is different. The way that they identify is different. That's true. And it's important. And one of the the conversation too that I remember, and I and I say you calling me out because like that's how I felt because I needed to hear the truth honestly, but like. There's something you said, right? When we first talk and you're like, people think that investing in BT or what was it? Univision or was it Telemundo? One of the other two. Yeah, like, one of them. It's like investing in that respective ethnicity or that audience ethnicity. And it's like, they, they, they're owned by like, you know, they're not owned by the cult, that culture. You know, it's like ESPN. I'm not ESPN. I'm sorry. I said ESPN, but BT is not owned by the black community, like black entertainment news or whatever. So it's, it's like, no, don't just stop at, Oh, well, I'm just going to start bidding more on BT media <laughs> or on Telemundo media, whatever it is. I think it's Telemundo or Univision, one of the other two that is not owned by them. And so right. that, so don't just stop. Don't stay comfortable. Go and look. Yes. Matter of fact, on the trade desk, there is, um, and I just came across it cause I was uh, doing a consulting consulting gig for um an agency but they have 
women-owned media, like things like women-owned media, like um, Pacific Asian media. I remember seeing BIPOC, which is again diversity. Um, but like they have specifically inventory, like private deals already set up for you. Like test them, put them on there. You know, let them, yep. let them. You know, and don't don't just. Give them a chance the same way you would optimize. If there's no scale, you have some things you're going to optimize, you know, when there's no scale on CNN, just to give a quick right. example, I do not support, nor do they uh, partner, I mean, sponsor this podcast. It would be nice if they wanted to, but they don't. <laughs> so back to the example. So, you know, if you're going to optimize CNN inventory because it's not scaling, like you're doing stuff, you're looking at geo, you're looking at base bid, you're looking at the audience, you're looking at the time of the, you're looking out of that, do the same effort for those minority media website or apps that you know the 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 thing that keeps that gets my goat is that us as as an industry we'll be the first to be like oh my god youtube shorts let's get on no testing no case studies Um, but then as soon as someone's like i'd love to test into blavity i never i never heard of that okay well it's not meant for you right like you're saying you want to reach black community You're, maybe this, maybe it's the, you know the people who are making those decisions are not a part of said community that they're trying to reach, and that is okay. However, you're just like I'm a default to BET mm. because it's what you know and it's who you have an upfront with. Did you talk to anybody to understand more? Did like no. that you know is BET the best way to reach Gen Z Black Americans? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not. Mm-hmm. Maybe right. you'd be better off on Blavity. Maybe yeah. you would be better off on. Um, on shadow and act, yeah. you might be better off on a different website on travel mm. walk. You don't know. You don't know. And at the, I love to say this all the time: like, it's okay for everything not to be for you. It's okay, like you said, it's okay to be uncomfortable. And you're like, I'm not familiar with this, but yeah. we need to give as an industry, we need to give these other partners and publishers the same grace that we give Google. And TikTok, when they launch a brand new product, we're all on it without case studies, without any evidence it's going to work, all that. We will be the quick first one. Oh, I'm going to spend on it. I want our clients to be first out the face. You know, all this. I remember vividly the the Snapchat run. And before that, it was Pinterest. I remember yep. brands running to those platforms. I, I honestly have not I, had any brands ask me about those two platforms in over six, seven years. Not that these platforms don't work. I don't want nobody to come bite my head off in my DMs. Like, please, I'm just saying. Like some of these, some of the clients and partners that I'm I'm servicing ain't asking me about these two particular brands. I mean, a platform. But like, like I said, five, seven years ago, it was like everybody wanted to spend in Snapchat because of the Snapchat filters, right? The geofencing filters that they had. And I like, this is great. Yeah, but it's more creative touch point at this point, right? When you right. think about it as a strategy, is it more, you know, it's cute. Um, but some, you know, some, some people would say it worked really well and that's good. But like you said, not everything works for everybody. And, and you know, one of the last question I had is that if there's anything if there's anything 
they you want them to do today? What is like one actionable insight you can leave the visitor, I mean, the visitor, the viewer or the listener with? Because now we have some MFA conversation happening now. There's like Q4 happening conversation. There is like upfronts next year. year. And I'm like, we ain't even gone through like Halloween. How are we talking about upfronts next year anyway? So like, what is one actionable insight? Because there's like a lot going on at all time. But like, what do you think they, anyone listening should do concerning this topic? Two main things that you should do. If you, if you don't do have, don't have the agency or, you know, you don't have the ability to do anything else is first, please, please, please check your keyword block list. People's mm-hmm. identities are not brand unsafe. And for us to achieve more equitable media spend with diverse owned properties, and in general, to hold up to our own D, E, and I, mm-hmm. right, values that we have on most of our own agency and brand websites, you shouldn't be including those, period. Find a different way to avoid negative sentiment and racism and all the bad isms on the internet. You have ad verification partners. There are plenty of settings. If you don't know, ask an ad verification partner, ask Google, ask your DSP rep. There's plenty of options out there that you do not need to resort to blocking people's identities en masse. You would never block the word white people or women or men. So you should not be doing it with the words gay, Mm. transgender, black people, Mm. Mexicans. You shouldn't be doing it, period. So that's the first thing. The second thing is it's okay to be uncomfortable. It is also okay to have not have heard of a publisher or any sort of partner before yeah. that is diverse on, especially mm-hmm. if you're not from that particular demographic. It is okay. Mm-hmm. You need to provide them with the same grace and appetite that you provide YouTube, Google, TikTok, all of those when they put out a new product. Mm-hmm. It is a test and learn scenario. If you want to reach diverse audiences or a specific demographic, and that is important to your brand, and it should be for the reasons I outlined, because Gen Z's coming, Gen Alpha's coming, and millennials are diverse too. This stuff is important. If that is something that's a goal for your brand and for your client and for your agency, mm-hmm. you really need to get comfortable knowing saying, you know what, we do BET all the time for trying to reach black folks. We do Univision on all the time for trying to reach Hispanic folks and Latinas. You know, we always do that. Maybe we should try a different approach because folks will get very creative. For everything else, but they will fall in the same stuff again and again. I have seen it. I've, I've been a, I've been party to it. When particularly at places I've worked, people will go all out with the craziest, coolest executions, and it's just say, we really like to reach you know black females eighteen to thirty four. BT. It's like it's like an easy button for folks. Stop that. Yeah. Do an ex, do a little extra. Do some research. The inner there. Ask your ask your reps for ideas too. Like, hey, we'd really like to spend more with diverse owned media. How can mm-hmm. we achieve that? I'm not familiar with this mm-hmm. particular, you know, demographic publisher set. Yeah. Look on LinkedIn. There's a lot of articles about this stuff. There's check out Digiday and Adweek. They have put out many articles about this. There are so many deserving companies that are minority owned and diverse yeah. owned that really need your ad dollars. And I and that. yeah, and you shared a few of them in my in my emails, and I still have I've read some I've read your emails and I left it as unchecked because I was like, yo, I'm gonna I need to publish this something. So I'll I'll publish whatever Aisha mentioned on the interview today. I'll make sure to have it in the show notes or you know, 
um, you know, having on short notes, you'll be in our, news- our newsletter, all of the above. But like before, give us like one quick word of wisdom. What is something you wish you knew before than that you you now know? What would you tell your freshman self? My freshman self. I think I would tell myself that it's, I don't have to be so brave all the time. Mm. A lot of the stuff that I've heard over the years about how folks want to market to what I consider my community, the black community, a lot of it is reductive. And I know that when I speak to other marketers who come from diverse backgrounds, even if they're different than my own, they hear a lot of the same stuff people dealing in stereotypes, people dealing yeah. in the same old boring, tired executions that, mm-hmm. and that often rely on those stereotypes and very derivative type stuff. Yeah. And I think if I would give myself the advice, like you can speak up and say, Hey, um, you know, I don't think that this particular partner is the right choice for what you guys want to accomplish. I have a few ideas, but I was, I remember being very, feeling very scared and feeling like I couldn't oh, yeah, tell me too. This, me too. this room full of folks who were very senior to me, who do not look like me, but had control of millions and millions and millions of of dollars for media that they, you know, were being reductive. I felt really uncomfortable. I think there's, I have the language and the ability and the confidence now to address it. Yeah. If anybody ever wants to have a chat with me on how you can address it, um, you know, and how you can, you can encourage, uh, you know, whether it's clients or people even that you work with to think yeah. a little bit more critically about it and a little bit more holistically. We can call people in. We don't have to call folks out. Mm-hmm. Um, we try to, you know, I try to assume everybody has good intent, uh, even if it doesn't always feel that way. Yeah. Um, I would I would give myself some more grace and allow myself so being quiet and feeling embarrassed and upset mm-hmm. and kind of, you know, angry that people are dealing in these reductive and, you know, awful thinks that I would just be like, Hey, actually, I think I have a better way. I'd really like to, you know, try this out. You know, let's, let's give this a try. Yeah. That's what I I encourage you to be brave. Yeah. That's what I would give myself. That's so, that's so genius. And and there's no other better way to end the podcast. So thank you so much, Aisha, for dropping by. Aisha, this this is not the last time we're going to hear from her because we need, we need more of this conversation uh, happening. So thank you. Thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you all so much. Thanks again, Ellen. And if anybody wants to find me, I am Aisha White on LinkedIn. Yep. And her information will be in the show notes too. Awesome. Thanks again. Bye.